stage out of the blue for more information and tickets. Hope to see you there. Come along and have some fun. Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. And I'm here with Peter in the studio. Hello everyone. And that time of year has come round again. We're going to be doing our special memorial anniversary show for Uncle Ray Jackson. And Ray Jackson died um, on the 23rd of April. And I'll check the year with Joseph Pugliese, who we're going to be speaking to soon. Um, but I believe he died two years ago um, on the 23rd of April, which is the very day that we're doing the show. So we've got quite a few things happening today. Um, first up, we're going to be speaking with Joseph. And Joseph has known Ray for about 20 years. And he, we're going to be speaking to him. He, um, he's going to be he's called from Sydney. And he and I and Peter will offer up a tribute to the Wiradjuri leader, um, Uncle Ray Jackson. And he has remained a fighter of human rights for Australians and other First Nations peoples. And he was also an internationalist and socialist, holding up a mirror to settler colonist violence in all its national and global ramifications. And we'll speak to Joseph about this soon, but I've taken the liberty of actually quoting that from um, a very powerful tribute that Joseph wrote with a colleague um, some years ago now called Talk Loud, Talk Strong, a tribute to Aboriginal leader Uncle Ray Jackson, 1941 to 2015. Then after Joseph, we're going to be speaking with Caroline, daughter of Ray Jackson, and I'm hoping that we can speak to her and get a report back about the memorial. So there's lots to talk about. There was a memorial actually in Sydney. Yeah. So coming up now um, is Joseph. Hello, Joseph. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here talking with you about Uncle Ray. Hi, Joseph. How are you? Yeah, that, that Hi, just... Peter. How are you? Good. Now, Joseph, it is lovely to have you. And we were speaking off air, in fact... Um, the other day about Uncle and how he won an award in France. But before you talk about that, can you just talk to us a little bit about yourself and how you met Ray? Sure. Well, uh, my interest in, in academia is to use academia as a, as a base, really, to have 
the resources at hand that, you know, come to an, an academic to do socially transformative work. So instead of sort of calling myself a, an academic, I call, call myself an academic activist because I want the knowledges and the learnings and the resources that we have to be socially transformative for social justice good. So you, you can imagine that someone of uh, Uncle Ray's calibre would have immediately come under my radar because that's exactly what he was doing on so many fronts. Mm. Uh, in terms of his prison work, uh, the Royal Commission and Indigenous Deaths in Custody. He was founding secretary of the Custody Watch Committee. He went into the refugee detention prisons and offered welcome and hospitality there on behalf of uh, Indigenous people. So, you know, Ray immediately came under my uh, gaze early on, uh, as you said, about 20 years ago. And I, I had him out at Macquarie, where I teach, time and again, so that he could share his knowledge and his wisdom to my students. And so that established, you know, that established a long-term relationship. And I worked with Ray collaboratively on his, um, on many of his uh, sort of courses with uh, the Indigenous Social Justice Association, of which he was co-founder with Don Clark and president. So that's that's my narrative, basically. To be honest, Joseph, um, I still feel sad on this day yes um it's i don't know, how we, know. yeah yeah we we all do and and let me say that um uh, carolyn jackson will talk more about this but the memorial is a grand event on saturday i've got to say at the redmond community center but it was also it was a celebration of his life and his ongoing legacy but there was also a sense of the loss of the man the visionary that he was the fearless warrior for social justice that he was. Yep. And we all teared up at various stages. Uh, and, you know, crucially, we teared up because what hasn't gone away, despite all of Uncle Ray's work, is the ongoing over-representation in our prison system of Indigenous men and women and juveniles and the ongoing deaths in custody. And we had surviving families of Indigenous deaths in custody giving their testimonies and their horrific testimonies. So it was a time of celebration, but also a time of sadness, and sadness because of the ongoing deaths, because of the ongoing incarceration, and because of the loss of someone who gave us a sense of direction and hope in his tireless work to achieve social justice in this country. I think it's fantastic that there were families there. There were. At the memorial. There were. There were families who have lost loved ones through br police brutality, carceral violence, uh, deaths which defy belief in terms of the horror that's been visited upon the victims in these jails. And I know that you know what I'm talking about because your program is precisely about the prison industrial complex and just how lethal it is. Absolutely, and in colour. fact, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and in fact, yeah, no, Joseph, no, sorry, sorry um, we we as you say, as you say, it, it's about the industrial complex, but it's a lot more than that. We actually also um, speak about Aboriginal deaths in custody in great detail, as well. Yes, uh, and in a sense, I mean, it's it's good you said that it's a lot more than that because what we need to do is to say yes, it's the prison industrial complex, but it needs to be situated in the larger picture of the fact that we're living in a settler colonial state. And that produces structural death. 
within the prison industrial complex of Indigenous people. In that is absolutely right, um, Joseph. And given that I am sure that the families who attended the memorial anniversary, those were families that Ray had helped over the years, and that I'm sure that I've in, we've interviewed about the about these families on air here. Are you allowed to tell us who, who they were, who the families were? Um, well, look, the one that really stuck out was, um, I think it's David Dun- Dun- Dungy. Oh, yes. Who, yep. Yeah, uh, uh, his mother was there. Good. Um, with um, some support from the larger family. And basically she spoke of um, his killing in police custody where he was a diabetic and uh, he asked for medications, and basically they thought he was a malingerer. And um, at one stage he went out to get a biscuit because his blood sugar levels were dropping. And um, they basically saw that as uh, insubordinate behaviour. And so you had, uh, I think it was up to eight fully armed riot police come into his cell, pin him down onto the floor, sit on his chest, and basically block his breathing so that, you know, he kept saying, I think one of the family members said that he said, they counted 38 times on the video, he kept saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And he basically died yeah. uh, in the process. So, you know, just an extraordinary, painful uh, and shocking death. And yes, Ray, you know, was working with that family as he was working with many other families. As you know, he was always at the coalface at the coronial inquest, working with the families, going into the prisons and, and basically trying to get redress for, for, for these uh, Indigenous deaths in custody. Every time, every time, isn't it? And in fact, over the the short time that I knew Ray, I certainly, d- we didn't know him for 20 years, but it's it's been quite a few years. We We always had him on the show and Ray would would come once a week. In the end, it was about once a week, wasn't it, Peter? Yeah. Or once every two weeks. We'd call him, oh, Ray, look what's happened. And he'd say, um, he'd say, yes, yes, it's it's disgusting. You know, the another Aboriginal death and come, oh, do you want to come to the show? Absolutely. So he'd prepare his notes and off we'd go. And we'd talk and talk and talk. And then, oh, my God, an hour's up. <laughs> you know, he was... He, it wasn't. Isn't that great, Joseph? He he was like a permanent fixture on the show. Yeah, good. Well, yeah. sorry, Peter. Oh, sorry. Um, it shows you how many um, Aboriginal deaths in custody is because mm. that time there's once a week we rang him up yeah. to interview him about yeah, yeah. it. That's right. Death in custody. Yeah. So what were you going to say, Joseph? Well, what I was going to say was, um, you know, like if yeah, this is what's shameful about the. the uh, the Australian state's treatment of Ray, Ray Jackson. He, he was formative in trying to get justice for so many Indigenous families who had lost their loved ones through police violence and brutality in, in, in the prison system. And he never got any funding from the state at either local, state or you know federal government level. He actually worked from his one-bedroom flat in what was called Suicide Towers in Waterloo, because, you know, that's where a lot of disenfranchised and disadvantaged people had public uh, commission, and they were called Suicide Towers because often people jump from the top. In Ray's pokey little flat, it was just wall-to-wall files on all the cases that he was working with. You could hardly move in there. And so he had at his fingertips 
all those cases, and he didn't need to read them. He was an extraordinary intellect. He was like a walking archive of each case, and he yeah. knew the family yep. by name, would liaise with them, would support them, and often he did. You know, and I need to mark this. When he held public forum on, on, on Indigenous deaths in custody, he would always make sure to give the platform to the grieving families to have a public voice and a public platform. And often he would just give them the platform for them to weep publicly or even to shout at the audience as a way of venting their anger and sorrow. Good. That was the mark of the man. Can you tell us the story of how he got the French me- the, the medal from France and tell us what that medal is? Sure. So um, a few years ago, um, a French academic came out to Macquarie and basically she um, did a presentation here and she came to my door because she, she, she knew my work and she saw my um, poster for the Aboriginal passport ceremony that Uncle Ray organised at um, the settlement down in Redfern. And so she said, what's this about? And I said, oh, look, you know, she, she was an anthropologist. I said, you, you've got to meet Uncle Ray. And she was interested in social justice uh, issues. I said, he's an extraordinary figure, unrecognised in this country, who's done this, that and the other in terms of social justice work. And she said, oh, uh, do you know about the French Human Rights Medal? And I said, no, I don't. And she said, um, let me, you know, give you the info and uh, see if, you know, if, if, you, if you can do anything with it. And so when I read what it was all about... I said, he absolutely qualifies for this. This is amazing because it recognises social justice work and it's administered by the French government. So um, I put her in contact with Uncle Ray. I nominated him for the French Human Rights Medal Award. And, you know, when the process got in train, I actually got a call from uh, Uncle Ray and he said, hey, you know, I've been contacted by someone in the French consulate here in Sydney Um What's this about? Is this a joke? I mean, he actually saw it as a joke. He couldn't quite believe it. And I said, no, this is serious. It's a way of recognising and acknowledging your work. And um, it actually went through, and he was successfully awarded the French Human Rights Award. And uh, ISJA, the Indigenous Social Justice Association, got, I think it was about 30, 20 or 30,000 euro to continue their work. And um, they wanted to fly Uncle Ray out to uh, France uh, at the Elysee Palace where, you know, the French president would bestow the the medal on him. But Uncle Ray was not well enough, so Mm. he asked Don Clark, who's co-founder of ISJA, to go on his behalf, Uh. and Don did. And and so he received this medal, which has been given to such prestigious um, social rights activists as um, Nelson Mandela. So it's a really significant international award. And guess what? None of the Australian mainstream media covered it. Touched it, yeah. Yeah. So we only had NITV, SBS and the Green Left Weekly who gave it any space. Mind you, it did get international coverage like the Taipei Times and the New York Times and that, but the Australian Australian mainstream didn't touch it. Oh, my. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because it was a black man, right? Yeah. Mm. So this is structural racism at work where something so prestigious... Uh, as this International Human Rights Award doesn't get coverage because an Aboriginal man has won it. I know, isn't that disgusting? Yeah. Shocking. I'm not afraid to say it and I'm not going to be afraid because it's it's shameful, a disgrace. Shameful. It's probably, uh... So we celebrate all of these, uh, you know, sporting mm. achievements and this yeah. award and the work, the socially transformative social justice work that Uncle Ray did was, you know, in a completely different league and it was... Uh, 
validated at the highest level, if you want. You know, like putting him up with Nelson Mandela. He is our mm. Nelson Mandela. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's true. And, and in fact, you probably know this already, and I'm sure listeners do too, but he actually passed away just before, like, Anzac Day is on Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Ray really supported... Um, you know, the Aboriginal people who went to the, the wars and he talked about the frontier wars as well. We've interviewed him about that before. Yes. So, but, uh, yeah, go on. Yes, sir. No, well, look, uh, Uncle Ray, I mean, what was extraordinary about him was that um, he had, uh, when you introduced him, I was really happy with the introduction because he talked about him uh, as an internationalist. I mean, yeah. he got the, the larger picture in which all of these issues you know, work together to produce these sorts of lethal outcomes. And uh, he, he had a sense of how the frontier wars, for example, when we talked about this, they might have ended on one level formally, but their ongoing le- legacy is being, you know, panned out in the prison system, for example. But they're still here, aren't you know, they? That's, yeah, that, that, that's like another frontier war yeah. in, 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 in terms of the lethal practices that are still killing Aboriginal people in this country. And just to also alert listeners to the fact that Ray Jackson was also a member of the, the Stolen Generation. Yes. And he didn't know that he had Aboriginal parents, did he, until he was, he was a teenager? That's right. He was taken into a white family. And I think mean, Carolyn can talk about She this, will, but yeah. I know. Yeah, I know she has said to me that um, it was a deep source of trauma, as you can imagine, for Uncle Ray. But um, he was extraordinary in finding the resilience to turn his trauma into a larger social justice project because he understood what it meant to be disenfranchised and wounded by, you know, the, the settler state effectively. And just to also alert listeners that Caroline is actually the daughter of, of Ray and it's almost time for her to come on very soon. And Joseph, may we may we invite you back at some stage for some follow-up interviews in regards to Ray but also some of your work? Happy to. Yeah, it'll be um, lovely to have you. Sure, no problem at all. Happy to continue this conversation, Marissa. Yeah, no, that, that'll be great. There is one, other, one thing I, I want to quickly say and that is that... I was having a read of your of the article that you and your colleague wrote for Borderlands. That was in what, 2014? No, 2015. Um, 2015, yeah. 15. And it's really interesting. You've you've made you guys just made such a Can I quote from it here? Of course you can. It's yeah. a, I've seen it's right in the middle and it's got this philosophy of life saw rays stand side by side with a broad spectrum of disenfranchised communities that crossed race, gender, sexuality, class and disability lines. And can you comment on that? Look, what was extraordinary, and that article was written um, with Sivindini Pereira, is that we wanted to name, again, that sort of internationalist view that Ray had. And he was non-discriminatory and well ahead of his time. And, you know, to to give you an example, there was the representative of the... uh, Indigenous Social Justice Association in Melbourne uh, speaking at uh, the Redfin event on Saturday, and she said um, Uncle Ray was a Marxist feminist. (laughs) And she said he was a feminist before his time because he always treated, one, women as his equals respectfully, and two, he did the important work of placing Indigenous women's deaths in custody on the agenda. Yeah. Um, And so that, again, was the mark of the man because 
uh, in terms of the indigenous deaths in custody, he, he dealt with queers, transgenders, gays. I mean, he was completely non-discriminatory in that way. He, it, it didn't make any difference what sort of position you held. If an injustice had been done to you, he was all-encompassing in his desire to include you in the social justice march that he was on. It also didn't matter whether you were an anarchist or a socialist or a trade unionist. He always included you, you know. He always, yeah, it's true. Absolutely. And as you said too, just one final thing. He was also Mm. making connections with um, Native Americans and uh, Indigenous Canadians Mm. because he realised that the same sorts of um, structural deaths were happening there. So he, he had a large view of how all of us needed to work in solidarity to end these sorts of deaths. Are there any final comments that you want to make, Joseph, before we go and interview Caroline? Oh, look, just how important it is to continue his legacy and how he would want us. I mean, I, I sort of called myself a spear carrier, carrier, and he was, you know, the, the, the leader, but I also think that we need to step up and to continue his social justice-oriented work in order to do justice to his memory and his legacy. I'm trying so hard at the moment because he's left... There's a serious gap that's been left in media since since he passed and yes. trying to find more elders. Yes. It's approximately 4.21 and you're listening to The Do and Time Show. You're listening to an interview with Joseph Bugliese and we're, gonna, we're speaking to him um, about Ray Jackson. This is his anniversary memorial. Thank you so much for coming onto the program, Joseph, and, and hopefully we'll be he- hearing from you again very soon. Thank you, Marissa, thank and you. thank you, Peter, and you're doing a great job in doing time. Thanks thank a lot. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye then. Bye. 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 And that was um, Joseph Bugliese speaking about Ray Jackson and paying tribute to his very wonderful work. I'll just go to a song, Ruby Hunter, Let My Children Be. Oh, and we're going to be speaking now with Carolyn Jackson, daughter of um, Uncle Ray Jackson. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Marissa. How are you? Hi, Good. Carol. Cara Peter's here too. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, we just finished speaking with Joseph, actually, Joseph Bugliese, and he gave us a little bit of a rundown on the memorial, and we talked a lot about your dad's achievements. Yes. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, do, do you want to start off just talking about the the, uh, the anniversary of the memorial and give us a little bit of a report back? Yeah, sure. Uh, we have the um, memorial also poster launch um, a tribute for that um, at the Redfern Community Centre on, um, on Saturday. We had um, speakers there and we had elders there. Um, we had a beautiful smoke ceremony. Um, we had a few, actually, people from um, a few of the organisations that, um, you know, that work with Dad and um, respect with Dad and love Dad. Um, these are just, just colleagues, but they're also friends and also classes family to him. And um, they all made their beautiful speeches and um, they paid tribute and told stories about, you know, situations, occasions with Dad as well. Um, so we had... Um, speakers like um, Debbie Kilroy. I don't oh, know if you're aware of Debbie Kilroy. Oh, yeah, from Sisters oh, Inside. Yeah. Yeah, Sisters Inside. Um, also, we had, you know, Easter Sydney, Easter Melbourne, 
um, there as well. Plus we had um, some people from the uh, Radical Women. Good. And yep. also um, uh, other um, other organisations as well. So, um, and we also had the launch of the poster, um, which, uh, told, you know, spoke, it was mentioning a lot about Dad's achievements and um, what he did and how he's been recognised and, and so forth. So it was a really good day. It was an emotional day, as you can imagine. Um, but at the same time, it was, it was it was fulfilled with love and support. So and it was just nice to see people that still remember Dad's work and still want to carry through his mm-hmm. fight for justice. So and to get justice for these families as well that have been, you know, um, got no closure. So it, it, it was really, really good turnout. It was a very good day, and I think Dad was, would have been proud and humble. So, yeah, it was good. I'm so glad. I, I mean, because it's so important to keep it, keep up the, the legacy, isn't it, Caroline? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, it was because we, there, there was members of families there that have, you know, have lost loved ones. Um, have got no closure. There's no justice. No one's been accountable for these deaths, for these poor people with their families. You know, their sons and daughters and fathers and mothers. It was really, really sad to see that these cases. It was good. It was actually an eye opener to see some of these cases where it was proven that these people haven't been that were found they couldn't have committed suicide or done any harm to themselves. It was impossible through coroner's reports, but. At the same time, no one's been held accountable for them. And this mm. is not just 10 years, 20 years, like 30 years. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. But um, but it's not deterring anyone. It's not stopping anyone. I think through um, also the way Dad fought, because Dad was very tired. He's, he was at poor health. But it didn't stop him. And I think that gave a lot of people encouragement to do the same, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it was. It was... Very sad to see. It was a huge eye opener, and was you know, and there's got to be something done, and people have got to carry on the fight. That's all I, you know, has to. We have to, and you know, Caroline. One of the things that, as a radio broadcaster and activist, that I've noticed about your dad is that he really had an ability to unite people, to keep people together, and that is so lacking now. Oh, can I? Yeah, it is. It's, it's like slowly fading. It has. I mean, um, I mean, for his achievements. I mean, it, like I said, it, 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 yeah, like I said, people did believe in Dad, and I think you know trusted Dad, and I think you know he had so much support there, and um, you know, and that shows with his work outside, like even international. I mean, like I said, for him to be here, awarded the Human Rights Medal from the French government. Yep. You know. I mean, and not his, his own government, he didn't even acknowledge it. It's disgusting. You know, so, and that was, it is, and that's a prestigious award for that, you know. So, I mean, that's in line with Nelson Mandela, for God's sake, you know. Like, it's just crazy. And this man didn't get any recognition or any acknowledgement, only from his own people. You know, I think, I guess he was just a thorn in the government's side, you know. So, that's all he was to them. But it didn't deter him or stop him. But you are right. Um... I don't see as much support as they used to. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. It, it, it's 
there's a big there's a void there, that's for sure. You know, so um, this... I don't know how that's going to come out. I mean, you can't look. There was only one man. I think no one ever can replace that. You know, no. You know, no one can replace him. Uh, it, it, and I and I think no one will ever will. It's just it was just you know one of a kind, and he was very passionate. Like I said, he virtually gave his life up for it. You know, so. Um, mm. That showed the next, you know, him coming out of hospital with pneumonia and, you know, going down to the Penn Embassy at four o'clock in the morning to support those who need support at, mm. at Hill Health and writing his last emails at 11 o'clock at night yeah. before he passed away. You know, that's what you call a fighter and someone who's got, you know, so much, you know, fight in him that just gave his last breath to try and do it again. And, and it's not even far from finished. Far from finished. No, it's not over. But this one... No, and we definitely definitely need a lot more supporters out there to support the fight, I think. We so, have to um, keep it up. Definitely, and definitely. He talked um, a lot about his grandchildren and his kids too. Like, what I liked about him is that, you know, a lot of people in the movement, you know, movement to, you know, Indigenous rights activists or whatever activists, they don't talk much about their families a lot of the time. No, you know? well, it's funny because, yeah, yeah, they don't. I mean, Dad, who was like Dad was a, with us, he was a very, very proud man, you know, like, um, you know, if you've done something really, really good, it really it's really hard for him to turn around and say, you did a good job, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's all just shows the softness about him. He just wants you to be tough and just keep soldiering on and organised, be organised, yeah. you know? Like, I've had so many people come up to me when I built my house and they told me, you know, your father was so bloody proud of you, he was so ra- he was happy, you know, like, was like wow, you know. <laughs> so you know, like Dad would say, he goes, "Are you sure you want to do this? It's a big step, you know." But but behind all that, he was telling other people, which was you know was humble, was really nice. So, but yeah, he did love, especially his grandchildren, um, and his great grandkids. But you know, the grandchildren, they like I said, he Medica especially. She, you know, Dad played a major impact on her life, and. Um, yeah, definitely. Sadly missed. And we do miss him because, you know, every time you felt down, you could pick up the phone and speak to him if there was an issue. Yep. It'll make you feel so good when you get off that phone. it make you feel so much stronger, you know. It's like, wow, you know. But now, all we can do now is reflect and say, okay, what would Dad say? What would Dad do if we were in a situation? So that's the only way. At least we've had that gift. He left us that, you know. So, um, yeah, so... Yeah, he it's did love his kids, that's for sure. Absolutely. And and in fact, one of the things that I'm trying to do is and I know that he, Ray would want me to do this is to get more elders on the show. I mean, we were getting elders on anyway. But yeah. to try and get even more, like I just feel like a sense of urgency to bring the old people on and talk about the stolen generation, talk about what happened. Otherwise, when everyone goes, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's like like the dinosaurs, isn't it? I mean, yeah, they I, something has to be. They, I, th- I think they do. I think there's got to be more elders out there because, like I said, they are totally highly respected, and people take and you know, and their people do take notice of them. They totally respect them. So, if anyone that could listen to take notice would be those, you know, the elders. That's for sure. So. Um, yeah. Like we had, we had Lucy there. She's one of the eldest. She was, you know, t- 
talking about her struggles and also to saying about talking about the fight as well. You know, like, you know, like we were there to honour their, you know, the loved one. That's good. And his ongoing struggles for their justice as our, you know, as dad, you know, would have knowledge every one of them, you know. So. That's what he would you know, want. Just, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, and not to stop, you know. We don't want his work to go in vain, you know. Mm. We, but anyone's, it's anyone, all these families, they all need answers. And yes, definitely, you've got to keep the fight up. And, um, you know, they never stopped him. He kept on going. Look what achievements he got. Even, like, even though he wasn't recognised here, but he was recognised international. Yeah, I mean, Joseph was saying. Yeah. Yeah, even Angela Davies. Yeah. You know, Angela Davies. You know, it was one of the most wanted black women in America. Yeah. No one that was in the Black Panther movement. That's right. You know, like in I think in November she'll be you know launching a um, the same poster that they you know People's Choice the People's Poster um, for Dad. You know, Good. she even recognised wow. Dad's work and came out here and they even spoke. They even shared the stage together. So it's just a shame that he's not recognised here. Otherwise, if he was recognised here, there'll be a lot more support. You know, especially from the government, but that's not going to happen. We know that. No, we, so we know that. So the only people they, the only people that can do it is, you know, your own people, his own people, and it doesn't matter white Caucasian, doesn't matter, you know, sexual background, it doesn't matter. It's just everyone needs to unite and just keep on rallying and just keep the fight up. That's all you can do. And I believe your dad's archival materials were donated to the Australian Institute of Torres Strait Islander Studies, yeah, in Canberra? Oh, so, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, they definitely were. Um, they were organised and they're definitely in Canberra. And um, we still got a lot of files at home as well um, of his that we need to go through. Um, I think they've got to be... Um, sent to some institutions, some um, universities. So, um, but, um, yeah, definitely, yeah. One thing, Caroline, that really made me quite furious um, just before your dad passed away is the way that the police treated him about the TJ Hickey marches. Yeah. That that was disgusting. They took him to court and... Mm. Wouldn't let them march yes. in a certain. Part. I mean, that that's despicable. Yes, I know, I know, I know. But this is what kept him going. I mean, yeah, it was really, yeah, it was, it was, it was really bad the way they treated him. But you know, what what do you do in a situation like that with them? You know, that's just the way that there's nothing's going to change that. You know, no, it's not. And, and unfortunately, and this is why, again, that's a good example why people still have to stand their ground and just keep moving. That's, you know, it didn't stop him. It didn't deter him. No. You know, he put his badge cap back on and just kept on going, you know. So it never stopped him from doing that. So, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. But like I said, the way they treated him, but also to look at those those ones that were killed, you know. Exactly. Look, how, look the way they were treated. At least this man still came out alive. These poor people didn't. No, they didn't. You know, so, yeah, they sure didn't. So, and this is what the main issue is. So He, he wanted but, police to stop investigating police and to have independent investigations. That's right, exactly, yes. Definitely. It, it, definitely. Because, like I said, these, 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 you know, these, these issues and these 
cases are still open, but not closed. You know, but this is what's happening. It's just nothing's been done about it. It's just just left, ignored, you know, pushed under the rest of the paperwork. That's it. We need to get the watch committee organised again, Carolyn. Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah, the one the way way it was founded. But you don't have soldiers like that anymore running it or doing it. No. Yeah, it's just too easy. You don't have them out there there anymore. I don't know why. You know, I don't know because it's gone on for so long and people have just lost faith. But I think that's... That's enough for what Dad did. It's enough and for what he, you know, he died for. I mean, that's enough to show people, prove people, don't give up the fight. You know, just don't let this man go in vain of all the hard work. Yeah. He can't be just forgotten, you know. And there's people out there trying, but there's not enough. There's got to be a lot more. There's not enough. So, you know, well, just, because Dad, just because Dad went, and you know, it doesn't mean everyone has, has to sort of fade away as well. Correct. There's got to be more. To keep the movement going, there should be more support. So, yeah. There's got to be more. Carolyn, it's so good to have you on the show. And I wanted to personally thank you also for organising Joseph Bugliese for us. Yeah, yes, yes. Isn't he awesome? I tell you, he is... How can I describe that man? That man is... I I, I can't say. I know. I'm not the word. He's awesome. He's... You just want to grab him, and just give him a big hug. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you just want to yeah. give him, give him a big hug. He's just such a he's such a gentleman. He's so genuine. Yeah. He's so respectful. He's mm-hmm. so loyal. Yeah. And I can't look. I tell you what, he, he's just he's just marvelous. He's just, and I'm very very. I'm, I've had the privilege. I'm honoured that we've met this man. Yeah. And I hope we still stay in contact because we class him as family. Yes. Like everyone else, but we've got a special spot for him. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, because he was also the one that, you know, I'm nominated dad for the doctorate of letters as well. So, and he had a part of his, um, the, him getting the um, award of the prestigious award, which is the Human Rights Medal. So, you know, and this man still carries on, you know, speaking about dad and, and pushing his work there as well. So, yeah, he, 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 I, I don't know. He's just a gentleman. He's just such a gentleman. Highly respected and I love him to death. Yeah, so usually I can we... See why my, Go I can on. see why my father loved him as well. Pretty amazing. We always have Chariot of Sing on every year, but I think for today, you know, I'm sure he's been very busy in Sydney, but I wanted to acknowledge him as well. He's also done some amazing... Oh, oh yes, definitely. Now, Sharon Singh, yeah, yeah, look, Sharon Deb, he's, he's another one that's very, very close to us. Um, and he was, uh, you know, Dad was a mentor to him, and he's another one that keeps on. If he he's done a fantastic job, um, having a part in organising the expedition uh, for Dad, yeah, uh, you know, at the community centre, um, and he was as well very very close to Dad, very very close, and he's like he's his family to us. He's another one you can want to give a big hug to. So, Absolutely. Um, but um, he also to actually it's funny I've got Joseph trying to call me on the line. But wow. unfortunately, um, yeah, Sharon Dev had to because uh, he's also doing the same type of work that Dad did. Yeah. Um, you know, helping families and trying to get families um, advice and uh, attending these coroner report, you know, coroner um, cases and following up with you know reports and so forth. So he was busy with the family this afternoon. That's why he, in Perth. That's okay. So that's why he was unable to go on air. 
But um, yeah, so um, so unfortunately, that's why he wasn't able to go on air. So, but he's turned up. You know, he's thanks for today. Condolences to today and thinking of us. And um, you know, but he said that he will listen to the um, broadcast on podcast. It, yeah, so, exactly. Um, There's still podcast podcasts now for doing time, so you can actually access that now. Mm. Yeah, so he said he said that as well. But yeah, he yeah he did a fantastic job too. And like I said, he yeah, both him and and um, Joseph are put in the same league. They're fantastic, and they're like family to us as well. So Good. very very close. And but they they're the examples of people that put you know that are still going on going with the fight, going with the fight. I mean, look at Sharon Deb. I mean, he's doing the same thing that Dad did, you know, and they're not getting paid for this. No. There was no, no money. There was no financial, you know, gain out of this. You know, someone comes out of their own pocket, you know. That's I know right. Dad, you know, Dad would, Dad would work. Like I said, when they stopped funding, when the government stopped funding Dad's organisation, Dad did in his little, you know, House Commission unit at yeah. Redfern. Yeah. You know, and he kept it going from there. Any funding they could get, it went straight to these families. So they had nothing to gain. He was in a two-bedroom uh, housing commission. You know, nothing wrong with housing commission, but, you no. know, he wasn't living up there in, in a penthouse or anything like that. No. He just sat there with one chair. He had no lounges. He had one chair. That was it. And a small TV and, you know, a little DVD player. But the rest of the room was just full of files and pictures and images of families that have lost their loved ones. Uh, you know, so that's all he had, you know. So he, what he gave was in his heart. That's all he wanted and, and recognition. Not recognition, but recognition for those families. That's what he wanted. And yet he so, wasn't recognised in Australia because he was black, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. I think Part he, of yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Well, exactly. I mean, come on. Human rights matter. Why wouldn't you? And he's the only one in Australia that even earned that prestigious award. What's going on? You know, like he was the only one that was awarded that prestigious award. No one else in Australia was, and he was the only man, only what, person. What about on so-called Australia Day? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just it's just insane. I don't get it. I really don't. I just don't yeah, get it. Yeah, I know. Maybe they'll. You don't... know, well, Nelson Mandela, Nelson Mandela was black. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, seriously, what what is it with this bloody government? I know. Maybe they don't want to expose. Yeah. Deaths in custody. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it is totally disgusting. Human yeah. rights medal from the you know he was awarded that. You know, he was awarded that on a doctorate of letters. I mean that is a higher award. I mean because that is if you if you actually taught the university something, not the university taught you. Yeah. You actually taught universities. It's just ridiculous. I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't get it. I totally don't. But anyway. Well, we have to we have to keep fighting. Um, and, and keep That's going. Right. Exactly. Thank That's you right. so much for coming onto the show, Carolyn. And uh, I'm sure we'll be having you back at some stage. Oh, definitely. Keep up for the good sure. work. I love coming on. Awesome. No worries, son. You too. You too. All right. Take care. All right. So you too. Thank you. Okay. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 And it's approximately 4:47. And you just heard an interview with Carolyn Jackson, daughter of Ray Jackson. Now, before we actually go into um, our usual announcements and music, I just wanted to um, just briefly talk about Veronica Baxter, who 
Ray Jackson's support. And this is I just wanted to show listeners exactly what type of a of a person he was. Uncle Ray worked tirelessly to get justice for the family of the Aboriginal transgender woman Veronica Baxter, another death in custody victim. When the inquiry into Veronica Baxter's death issued a gag motion that suppressed any information being made public about the inquiry, he wrote in his uncompromising way, This inquiry was a sham. It did not resolve how she died. We saw a whitewash on the 20th anniversary of the Royal Commission into Black Deaths in Custody. After the farce of this inquiry, we then saw censorship of the like that I have never seen before in my 20 years of Black Deaths in Custody campaigning. And that was quoted in Community Action Against Homophobia, 8th April 2011. So I just wanted to, you know, draw attention to that quote. Um, And we do this every year. We always do at least a couple of quotes from Ray. Um, And the other quote that he always had was um, that John Howard was how... Uh, what was it again? Um, Tony Abbott was Howard on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. Oh, he was just cool. So yeah, should we do an announcement, Peter? Or yeah, sure. Come and see Bart Willoughby's album Resonance live on June the second at Fitzroy Town Hall. Doors open at seven pm and show starts at seven thirty. Featuring all tracks from Bart Willoughby's latest album, Resonance, a combination of reggae, jazz, opera and Middle Eastern music in celebration of Reconciliation Week. Saturday, June the 2nd. Tickets available through tickyboo.com.au. Early bird community tickets available for 3CR subscribers and City of Yarra residents and workers until May 7th. Check out our Facebook page or website for further details. A 3CR supporter. 